Hey there, and welcome once again to Following the Truth. I'm Gary Zimak. Today is Tuesday. It's July the 6th, and we are going to look at today some words from Jesus. This is a very easy um, to understand offer that he makes to us. If we are looking for rest, if we are looking for peace in our lives, he tells us how to go about it. But I'm going to tell you that, and I wrote about this a little in my email reflection day, it sometimes can be more challenging than, um, you know, it, it sounds simple, but it, sometimes it can be a pretty challenging message. So let's talk about that for the remaining or the remainder of the 30 minutes. I hope you're doing well, and I hope you're able to stick around as we continue our Give Up Worry for Good summer program. Today, we are on week four, day two. We are just about hitting the halfway point of Give Up Worry for Good, and I hope you're doing well. I hope you're enjoying it. Judging by the emails, and I keep getting emails about this, um, I, I, I think it's really been an effective program, and I'm so glad we got to start it. I'm so glad we are doing it on the podcast And I thank you for checking in with me and letting me know that you do appreciate it. So why don't we do this? Let's turn, let's turn to Jesus today, since we're going to be hearing directly from him, uh, his words in Matthew's gospel today. Let's talk to Jesus today in our opening prayer. All right, sound good? All right, let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, thank you for being willing to journey with us through life. Thank you, Jesus, for becoming man and entering our world to lead us back to the Father. Help us, Jesus, to deal with the struggles that we face each day. Help us, Lord, to believe that we can overcome worry, that we can give up worry for good, that like you, we will be able, with your help, to sleep through the storm trusting that your Father and our Father will provide for all of our needs. Lord, I ask you to bless our family members, bless our friends, bless us. Grant us the grace that we need to persevere as we go through this eight-week program to resist the, um, the lies of the devil who wants us to quit. Please grant us hope. Allow us to break free from any discouragement we may be feeling. And help us through the working of your Holy Spirit to really feel how much you love us. Lord, I ask you to give me the words for this program today. Please guide my thoughts, direct my words, so that I can deliver your message. And please open all of our minds and our hearts so that we can be receptive to what you have to say. Lord Jesus, we ask these things in your name, and we ask them to our Father in heaven, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, you know, as I as I told you before on the show, you could talk to Jesus, you could talk to the Father, you could talk to the Holy Spirit, you can ask the saints to intercede for you. There's a lot of different ways to go about your praying. And uh, sometimes it's good to mix it up a little bit. I figured today that since we were going to concentrate on the words of Jesus, it would be good to talk to him at the start of the program. Hey, I hope you're doing well. 
It is another hot one here in southern New Jersey, but it's, a, you know, I'm not going to complain. I love the summertime. Eileen and I just went to the mall. We walked around a little bit. I like to do, uh, I like to get our steps in for the day, and it's so hot out now, it's hard to be able to walk outside. So we just went indoors where it's air conditioning, and we walked around, and it was a really nice day. I hope you're doing well. I hope if you are um, suffering, if, if you are under the grips of a heat wave, just like we are here, that you're able to stay cool and that you are safe and sound. And uh, I thank you, for. I hope you're doing well with Give Up Worry for Good. You know, if you're, if you're struggling, if you have any questions or any challenges that you're facing, always feel free to reach out to me at Gary at followingthetruth.com. While we're at it, I just want to remind you to head on over to my website, followingthetruth.com. Make sure you sign up for my daily email reflection, Let Not Your Heart Be Troubled. Right now, we are using that email reflection as part of our Give Up Worry for Good program. But even after that that eight-week program is done, I'm going to keep using the daily emails to send out messages to keep you going, to keep you focused on the Lord. I've been doing this for a while now with these daily emails, and it's really working out well. And and I want to thank you for the many messages that you send, that you have sent me, and your your kind words, your financial contributions. You're really keeping me going, and I'm very grateful. I, I want to talk about on the program today as we look at this uh, this message of Jesus, I, I want to talk about, and I, and I alluded to this in the email, the potential pitfalls with a message like this. Really, really, really simple message. Very easy to understand, but not so easy to put into practice. And I'll explain why. And I have a feeling, based on the emails I've already gotten about this, I have a feeling that you are going to be able to relate to what I have to say. So, um, you know, as I as I go further and further into my career in full time ministry, I'm I'm approaching ten years. January January will be ten years. It's becoming clearer and clearer to me how the Lord wants me, how he how he uses me, and what he wants my focus to be. And, and you know, it's, it's sort of fine tuning the message. And uh, you, you know, I'm I'm really convinced that my job is to. God is very real. Jesus is very real. The Holy Spirit, they are all very real. They are real and more real than, than, than what, you are, what we often conjure up in our minds uh, when it comes to our worries and what ifs and you know, what might happen. Because those things are not real. Those things are imaginary. Now, whether or not they come to fruition is not the point. But the point is, when I start to envision what might happen, in my life, at that point in time, before it happens, it is imaginary. It is in my mind. It's, it's using my imagination. But Jesus, he's real. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And as we go through this eight-week program, we want to make sure that we understand just how real Jesus is and just how much he wants to be a part of our lives. We have a lot working against us. And I think that's my role. I really believe that's my role because this is something that I have struggled with for many years. The idea that my problems are more real than Jesus is. You know, those problems are real. That bank account being low, that's real. My worries about my health, even though they're imaginary because I'm healthy, and this has always been the case throughout my life, my imaginary worries about my health, they were more real than Jesus was for many years. 
Even though Jesus is absolutely real, the fact that we can't see him is a problem sometimes. And, and I think we got to talk about that today. We really do. And I understand. I understand when I read today's verse, and this is a direct message from Jesus, it's an invitation from him. When I read this message, I'm going to tell you right now, I understand why it's difficult to act on the, his message. And I think we need to be honest and talk about it. And again, I believe that's my role. And I think, hopefully, with the help of the Spirit, I'm going to say the right thing today and give you some personal testimony. I think that we can make progress and we can break beyond or break through this this obstacle to having a relationship with Jesus and an obstacle to experiencing peace in our lives. So uh, let me get right to the the verse for today. It's again, it's week four, day two. This is Matthew eleven twenty eight. Probably um, when I have done radio interviews, and I've done hundreds of them over the past ten years. Oftentimes, I've been asked, "What's your favorite Bible verse?" I I I would have to say that, and I've used different verses because I can't just say one verse. But when people will ask, "All right, pick one verse that's your favorite." I would say more often than not, I have said this one. Now, depending on the day you catch me on, the the verse might change. But I think if I had to really boil it down to just one verse, this is the one. Because this is the one that makes all the difference. Let not your heart be troubled. That's a good one. When Jesus says numerous times in Matthew chapter 6, do not worry, they're good. But this one really ties all of those other messages together. And gives us a plan of action, a way forward, something we can do. You know, just do not worry by itself isn't good enough to enable us to not worry. But this message tells us what we can do to grow close to Jesus and to feel the peace that he wants to give us. It's Matthew eleven twenty eight, and Jesus said this, Come to me, all who labor. And are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, in in um, in give up worry for good, I tell the story of when my wife Eileen was pregnant with our daughters, our twin daughters Mary and Elizabeth, and it was a tough pregnancy because they were given only a ten percent chance to survive. Uh, They had a condition called twin-to-twin transfusion syndrome, which typically would kill one of the children, one of the babies. Uh, It could could happen very quickly, and that reaction could cause the other one to die. So they had a 10% chance of being born alive. This condition was detected early in Eileen's pregnancy, which is another difficulty. If it's it's detected, if if it occurs later, in the pregnancy, the, the twins have a better chance to survive. But this occurred, occurred early. So we really had our backs against the wall. And I tell the story of the fact that we would go to Our Lady of Lords Hospital. We went to the uh, a high-risk pregnancy clinic in Our Lady of Lords Hospital in Camden, New Jersey. And they would they would look at Eileen twice a week, do ultrasounds, see how the girls were doing, and... The, the idea was to monitor them. They, there was not a lot they could do, especially 23 years ago. I think technology has advanced a little bit since then. 
but they couldn't do very much. They would try to do some treatments. One of the symptoms of this this disorder is a, an excess amount of amniotic fluid. So Eileen had this humongous amount of fluid. It was a, really a byproduct of of the condition. And what they would do is sometimes try to tap the fluid. It was sort of an iffy process because something could go wrong and she could go into labor early, which, which you know, a few months into the pregnancy is a very, very difficult situation. Um, and as it was, the girls were born three months premature. So we're talking even, you know, three months prior to that. So the viability of the babies was very, not very, um, you know, they weren't... Uh, the probability that they could live if something went wrong with the with the taps of the amniotic fluid it was it was very low so it's somewhat of a dangerous process but it was done to try to buy us some time that's that's why they did it so we would go to these treatments twice a week and the ultrasound essentially was to see if the girls were still alive it's a tough time you know the grace of god got us through it but man it was a it was a tough time and um after we were done being treated, we'd go across the street. The clinic was across the street from the hospital. We'd go across the street to the hospital. And it was a Catholic hospital, so they had a chapel there. And we would go into the chapel. And above the sanctuary, and this is this is what I say in the book, there were, this verse was written above the sanctuary. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And uh, I remember one particular day, it was, it was a bad it was a bad trip, um, and, th- and there was some bad news. You know, some weeks were better than others, but this was one that the news was not good, and essentially we were kind of being told that, well, this might be the end of the road. They might not uh, They might not make it. And we went over to the hospital, and we were able to walk over to the, the chapel. It was hard for Eileen because she was uh, not in great shape based on this pregnancy. And we, we were able to, we went in there, and I remember kneeling down, very desperate, very discouraged, almost to the point of hopelessness. And I looked up and saw these words of Jesus above the sanctuary. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And, and I said, Lord, I, I need you. I need you, Lord. I can't do this on my own. And I pictured myself running to him. And for a brief instant, it didn't last long, but for a brief instant, I was able to feel that that peace, that rest that he promised. And I, and I always remember that. I remember the, the, the feeling of uh, that feeling of hopelessness of, you know, again, of, of despair, of, of discouragement. And, and you may be feeling to, to a certain extent that, that feeling right now. You might be discouraged. It might be about that you never think you're going to be able to stop worrying. You may be being forced to worry because of a, of a medical condition or a financial problem or something else or any number of things that would cause you to feel, as Jesus said, burdened and labor, heavy laden, depending on your translation is going to be different. But you might be at that point right now. And what he is saying, as documented, a direct quote in Matthew's Gospel, is come to me if you're labored, burdened, tired, and I'll give you rest. Come to me. No conditions. Just come to me. And, and that really is what we need to do. That's what these eight weeks are about, essentially. Coming to Jesus, letting him lead us to the Father, 
letting His Holy Spirit work in us, coming to Jesus, letting His graces fill our soul. You know, this is this is how we're going to do this. This is how we are going to give up worry. Now, here's the what I would call the what makes this so challenging. It's a simple verse. I mean, right? Come to me. So it's you know, if I if I said come to me, email me. If you if you need rest, email me. You'd know what to do. You would just send me an email, or if you knew, knew me in person, and you called me up and you said, "Hey, Gary, I'm really struggling today," and I would say, "Come to me, and I'll, we'll talk about it." You know, you, that's not hard to understand. That's also not hard to put into practice. Why is it that so many of us struggle with a very simple verse like this? Come to me if you're struggling. Come to me, Jesus said, and I will give you rest. Well, I here's what I think. I think so many times we hear a simplistic message from well-meaning people who are trying to get us to come to Jesus. Hey, you know, Jesus said, come to me. If you pray, you're going to feel better. Well, you know what? I'm going to say, and, and again, this is what I believe to be my role. This, it's not that simple. It is not always that simple. And here's the problem. Jesus, to us, is not quite as real to many of us. Now, you might be different. You might not be struggling with this. But I would say any of us who who are still struggling with worry, to us, Jesus is not as real as those problems, whether they be imaginary or whether they be real. You, you know, a, a problem is problem is only going to cause you to worry based on how you, you, you think about it. Some people could look at an empty bank account and not get too freaked out about it. Others can go ballistic. Some people can look at, come back in a month and we'll give you another medical test to hear that at the doctor and be okay with that. Others were going to hear that and in their minds are going to conjure up all horrible scenarios. And and I'm guilty of doing that many times in the past. I still do it. I, I try to work on it. I pray about it. But there are times when I come up with a worst case scenario, which is imaginary in my mind, and uh, it really gets me upset. And again, it's something I am working on. I'm better at it than I used to be. The Lord has really helped me. But there are times when I still begin to to slip into that way of thinking. And it's something that we really got to get control over. But what we have to remember is this, that whether our problems are are real, such as a cancer diagnosis or that bank account being low, that can be a real problem. It's not imaginary. What can be imaginary is what we do with those facts. If this cancer never gets better and it kills me, what's going to happen to my parent, my uh, my family? Uh, is it going to be painful? If the bank account, if I never am able to get a job and make enough money to support myself. Where am I going to go? Am I going to be living in a homeless shelter? And again, you know, you start with real facts, the lack of finances, the medical diagnosis, and you can take those facts and catastrophize to the point of getting yourself spun up about imaginary problems. The conditions are real. You know, the facts are real at this moment in time, but it's how you perceive those facts that can get you either into trouble or bring you peace. It's the way you process that information. So for many of us, 
And, you know, this is, this is an ongoing problem. For many of us, the facts, the things, the burdens, the problems, they are more real than Jesus. And I think that one of the reasons this happens, and I, to me it's perfectly understandable, is you can't see Jesus, but you can see your problems, or you can, ha- you can see people who are going to tell you about your problems. But it's harder to find people who know Jesus and who can tell you about him and how he can help you. And that's one of the reasons I do what I do, because I've been there. I've walked in your shoes. I know it's hard to find somebody to tell you, you know what, this could work out. This is going to work out for the best. I can't say how it's going to work out, but I can tell you I know Jesus loves you. I know your Father in Heaven loves you. I know the Holy Spirit loves you, and He can give you the peace that you're looking for. So what do we do? You know, when you hear a a verse like this, it's easy to, to look at it as a platitude, almost. I'll go to Jesus. He's going to help you. Well, what, what exactly do we do? How do we, how do we go to Jesus? How do we walk with the Lord, right? I mean, that's, it's a legitimate question. And I feel I need to address that. And I'll give you an example in my own life. Today, I was able to take a walk before it got too hard, too hot. And, um, you know, you've heard me talk about financially, you know, I'm struggling now during the summer after COVID, you, you know, with, um, I don't have speaking work this summer. Even if it wasn't due to COVID, I wouldn't have speaking work. But there's not a lot of income. I'm basically nothing coming in at the moment. I'm trying to line up talks, but it's slow going because not every place is opening that rapidly. Churches aren't opening that quickly. I've got some stuff lined up, but it's going to be a while. So I'm concerned about that. You've heard me ask for donations. It's a concern. There are some other concerns in my in my life as well. My daughter Mary is autistic. She's 23. She completed a a special needs college program and now we're trying to find something for Mary to do some kind of a job that she can work at but you know it's a concern so so these and some other concerns they weigh on me now I present them to the Lord every day but they're not solved at the moment okay so I could do two things I can lapse into worry and think about well this is never going to get fixed or I can take Jesus up on his offer come to me and I'm going to give you rest. And Eileen and I do that every day. We say our prayers in the morning. We go to daily mass. We're blessed to be able to do that. But, you know, there is some time, there are some additional things that I feel need to be done. I read some scripture every day. I read his words, such as what he's saying here. Come to me and I will give you rest. So how do you come to him, though? Because he can't see him, right? That's a challenge. Now, again, I went to communion today. I went to mass I came to him. I received him in the Eucharist. Whether or not I feel it, I get the grace. The grace is there. It's available for me. And sometimes it takes self-talk. It takes me reminding myself, hey, this is really Jesus. Jesus, I don't feel you, but I believe this is you through faith. And then I ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me to really feel Jesus. Make him real. That's one of my prayers every day. And that's one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit every day. I pray, Holy Spirit, make the Father more real, make Jesus more real to me. They're already real, but they need to become real to me. So, with these problems that are weighing on me a little bit, I, I, had a, I took a walk today and I talked to Jesus. He said, come to him. That's exactly what I did. Did I see him? Nope. Did I feel him? Not when I started. I didn't. But I just started talking. And I pictured him. 
And in my email today, I said, use an image. I love looking at the divine mercy image of Jesus. I'm looking at it right now, as a matter of fact. Sometimes I'll sit there. One of the first things I do when I pray each morning is I pull out that image. And I smile at him and I talk to him. And that image helps me to understand just how real he is. And I talk to him. Just as I would talk to you or talk to my wife or talk to a friend, I talk to him as if he was, if, as if he felt real to me. Does he always feel real to me? No. Do I always feel his presence? No. But sometimes I believe you have to push past that. That's why an image of Jesus can help. That's why the Holy Spirit can help. And I would encourage you to go to Jesus with your burdens today. If you're, start, if you're feeling it, and I know from the emails I'm getting, you might be feeling some heavy burdens, and they might be really, really weighing you down. So today, make it a point. You may already be doing this, but keep it up. Talk to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I'm concerned about this. I'm worried about my children. You're all powerful. Please help me. I know you love me. I know you love them. And have that discussion. Go beyond your feelings. Your feelings don't matter. I've given this example before. My wife is in the other room as I record this right now. I don't feel her presence, but I know she's there. You might not feel Jesus, but pray as if he was real and he was standing right in front of you. And typically what I've found is that the more you do that, the more real he becomes. And oftentimes in the middle of your prayer, you're going to start to be, you'll be, you'll begin sometimes, not all the time, to feel his presence and to know through faith that he's there, that he's listening, that he's doing something about your problems. See, unfortunately, what happens is if you have these open-ended problems, sort of like the ones I just mentioned to you, and they're not resolved instantly, then it's, it's easy for some of us to just assume that he's not doing anything about them and they're not going to get resolved. That's not true. Just because you can't feel him working on the problems or don't see the results doesn't mean he's not putting things into place. And as we go through this program more, we're going to talk more about that. You know, we got a lot of time. We're only at the halfway point. And that's one of the ways we break free from worry. We start to really believe that Jesus is here with us. He's walking through this, this life with us. He takes us by the hand. He leads us to the Father. He brings us comfort in the midst of the storm. And he puts things in place to enable us to handle whatever problem we face. So make sure you do that today. Come to Jesus. Talk to him. Talk to him just like you would talk to anybody else. It doesn't have to be elaborate. Jesus, help me. I'm really struggling today, Lord can't feel you, but I know you're here. Say those words, okay? We'll talk more about it as we go uh, as we go throughout the rest of the week. If you have questions, Gary at followingthetruth.com is my email address. Don't forget, I'm praying for you. God willing, I'll be back with you tomorrow on the show. Have a fantastic night. God bless you. Thank you for listening.